everybody and welcome to season two of Into the Light, Breaking the Silence. My name is Hannah and before we get started on episode one of season two, I want to put this disclaimer on here. This podcast will include things that pertain to domestic violence, sexual violence, mental abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, and verbal abuse. If you are triggered by any of the following, please click off of this podcast. I do not want to trigger anyone. Um, Alrighty. Let's get into season two. I'm ready. I'm nervous. So I'll you probably so giggle a little bit. Girl, what? Uh-oh. I giggle all the time when I'm nervous. People like, I giggle in the most awful situations and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like I have to laugh and giggle to cope. Okay. Same. So I'm going to introduce you to everybody. Um, everybody. It's like, I'm talking to the wall. It's so weird. I'm literally talking to the wall, but I feel like I'm talking to like a crowd of people. <laughs> but everybody, <laughs> this is my friend, Emily. We have actually been friends for years. We went to high school together. Oh my gosh. Ooh, we had classes together. We, we had math and what, PE together. Yes. Oh Lord. Hot mess. But Emily has a story um, and she has been through a lot herself and she's going to share the story with you all, her story. And w- I'm not going to lie. I was getting kind of teary eyed before we even started. So if y'all didn't like hear me cry during the first season, well, <laughs> hop off. <laughs> so, um, I'm sitting outside on my porch. So if y'all like hear birds chirping or something, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. Look, I locked the door in one of my episodes. I was getting nervous in my car, just reliving those memories. I was like, oh my gosh, I locked my door. I have um, like really bad PTSD from mm-hmm. everything. But um, so my name is Emily. I'm 26. And um, when I was 18, I got with my abuser I guess person yeah with you whatever you want to call them (laughs) so um mainly because my family my grandparents who raised me they wanted me I've always I've always been with women they wanted me to be with a man so I was like okay whatever I had known him my whole life um yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. so when we first got together um, things were, things were okay, I guess. Um, and things went good and golden for about three months. Three months. Hey, and what is it about three months? I swear to God, that's like the. <laughs> it's like cause that, so that's good. the initial, um. I'm telling you, like. Well, I know this all. person now, so then I can start, um, treating her like shit. Yes. Totally. So, um. We were together for like three months and everything was okay prior to the three months. Well, when the three month mark started hitting, he started like going, wanting to go through my phone Mm. and starting accusing me of stuff and wanted to um, just act like I was him. And so he started accusing me of. I would never do he started like believing other people it made me feel like I was crazy but every time it would happen I would just be like okay he's relationships before me so right. it's fine well he's only gonna do it this time is that what he told you was like he built up yes. like during that first three months where it's like let me go ahead and just build up this victim persona I guess we could say like into our relationship. He started saying that he used smoked weed rec- recreationally. Mm-hmm. 
And I just felt like it was something more because he was, he would just act like crazy, crazy, crazy. And like, I don't come from the best family. And so Mm -hmm. I knew that it was something else, but I believed him every time. I believed every time that he wasn't doing anything crazy because I would like something about it. And then he would just give me this long sob story. And so then I would feel bad for saying anything. Okay. For him to like, he was definitely giving off vibes that he was not just doing just weed basically. (laughs) Yeah. And he was giving, he gave off 80,000 red flags before anything ever happened. But I should have been with my family, like my mom and my stepdad. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he like we weren't living together or anything well he started staying with me at my parents house and he became very 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 close with my brother's wife my brother was in prison at the time mm-hmm. plot twist they're together now they're engaged uh wow very close because she lived with me and my family because she didn't have anywhere mm-hmm. else to go. So my parents were, of course, taking care of her and my nephews. So I didn't think anything of it. So they started getting close and my mom could sense vibes of something else going on, which resulted in hating him. So they wouldn't allow him to come back anymore. And by this time, I guess I thought that I loved him. So I was like, no, mm If I can't see him here, then I'm going to see him elsewhere. Right, right. So I started staying with him at his parents' house. I was miserable. His family was trashy. They did too much. It it was just, it was just terrible. They always took up for him. So this is like Mm -hmm. six or seven months into our relationship. And he starts calling me names like fat, ugly, whore, uh, bitch made me quit my job so at this point he has complete control over me but he hasn't actually started abusing me yet wow it's like our stories are so similar like in that beginning phase like this first three months everything's you know handy dandy perfect and I don't know if if he did this to you but like I was saying in my podcast like the the Mr. Nice Guy like the pedestal type thing like oh yeah at, at the beginning was it like that where he was like oh well you know like I want to say like how do we call it love bombing you like yeah super sweet yeah so definitely um, whenever after all this happened like I actually Mm -hmm. went to group and they they refer to it as like the honeymoon phase yes yes it is such like a honeymoon phase and that's why I always try to tell people like honeymoon phases to me when you're in a, a relationship where somebody actually loves and respects you, there is no, like, honeymoon phase. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing to refer back to in a way. I mean, of course, you're going to have those first few months where everything's, yeah. like, great. And, but I just feel like when you're with someone that, like, truly loves and respects you, you don't have to, like, go back to that. Like, oh, we had such great times during this honeymoon oh, phase. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I, I so, see so many similarities in our story already. <laughs> yeah, so he started calling me names, and at that point, um, I was already feeling, like, worthless. I was like, okay, well, he's already, this man has already brainwashed me and made me think that I was worthless. My family didn't love me. Nobody else would want me. So I have no option but to stay with him because he's the only person that's going to ever want to be with me. Bless her heart. Which we know is not true. <laughs> so, so then... um. Uh, about uh, eight months into our relationship, 
um, that's when he started getting very abusive. I mean, it started getting, well, um, he, the first incident, he broke my phone and slammed me into a wall and just punched me in the mouth. Oh my gosh. That was the very, that was the very first incident. Um, he, he made this, it was arguments over, I, when I kid, I kid you not, our forever things like um me not packing the right thing in his lunch or um eat me up because he's cheating on me but I'm not doing anything <laughs> wrong <laughs> no like first of all first of all not me being young too in that same situation I would have been like you you know and be like oh gosh but me now as like a 27 year old woman I'm like well you don't like to pack your own lunch <laughs> I know. I'm like, so you want to punch me because I just caught you sending pictures of yourself to somebody else, but you want to hit me. Okay. Oh that my gosh. So, oh. so, um, so by this time it's like happening every single week. Mm-hmm. He's like physical every single week. Mm-mm. Um, one time he, he pushed me out of a car, a moving car. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, I mean, it gets, it only gets worse. Oh, so gosh. he, he's, he has at this point pushed me out of a moving car before beat me up in his parents' front yard and, um, like was punching me so bad that like I held up a key and parents called the police on me for defending myself. But his parents were there while he was beating you? His parents are like that too. Oh, so I okay. think that that's what they think is okay. I'm pregnant and I left him after that incident so Mm -hmm. I find out I'm pregnant and then I'm pregnant and he's already with another girl but I'm like um I'm having a baby like aren't we aren't we supposed to be together yeah because that's how we were raised I mean not trying to hate I love this little town but you know down here it's like when you're young like that you've been like not so much forced to believe but really in a reality like if you're a single mama they're just like oh it's frowned upon especially down here it's very frowned upon so at this time we're we're having a baby so I mean really you know there's no choice we're supposed to be Mm -hmm. together Mm-hmm. so here he is pulling me back into his bullshit and I'm believing it so by all this my parents hate him his family hates me as well my grandmother is the only one who will let us stay with her because she knows if I'm there right so she's like okay I don't want this to happen but I want you to be safe I want to know you're alive um, just come stay here so I can know that you're safe Right. Did he ever, um, I don't want to like jump in ahead of what you've already said, but did he ever put his hands on you at your grandmother's house? Um, like, like I said, it um, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> sit back and- <laughs> so we are at grandma's house. Well, mm-hmm. grandma is like, I can't deal with this. He's so mean to you. You're obviously, I don't know what's wrong with you. I'm here for you, but y'all got to go. Oh, so grandma moves me out like she, grandma gets me a house. She pays for it, <laughs> pays all the bills like grandma. Bless like, her. Y'all ain't staying here. Not with him. He's crazy. Bless it. 
Bless so, it. Um, she would like come check on me every day and stuff. Well, when I was like, uh, everything went good till I was like four months pregnant or so. It seemed like, and then mm-hmm. one day he woke up so mad he was raging because his car wouldn't start for work. He oh my threw gosh. my child's bassinet at me and hit me in the head. <gasps> He drug me down the driveway by my hair. Mm. I mean, it was, it was just, it was so bad. And like my trauma, like, I don't know if yours does this, but like my, I don't have good memory anymore. No, I read somewhere. Um, so that's why like in my podcast, how we were talking about before we did this, like I wrote some things down, but like, I honestly, like, I read this somewhere too and I talked to my doctor about it because I was like I remember things like key things mainly but there's some things like I don't remember what led up to it and she told me and I've read about it as well that there's like this thing where your brain and I, like I told everybody before I'm not a doctor and I'm not a licensed therapist yeah, but you know there's this thing where your brain blocks off trauma really I mean it's it's like it kind of blacks out the trauma and I honestly, it's not just like the trauma with him. It's like Mm -hmm. anything that could remind me Mm -hmm. of what or anything like that is like my mind. Like I can't remember. Like it's it's just crazy to me. It's like a fuzzy moment. It really is. And I tried it for the longest time. I tried to be like, well, maybe it's because I'm young. I was young, but I mean, I still remember things from like high school that. Like, was yesterday. So, when I told my daughter, I was like, I don't know what's going on. But there are some things where I just cannot remember, you know, clearly. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, um, I've been best friend, best friends with, I'm not going to say his name. But I've been best friends <laughs> with the same person for a very, very long time. Like, 10 or 11 years. Mm-hmm. Maybe longer. And, like, I had... I don't know if your abuser did this to you, but he cut me off from everybody. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't want me yeah. with family. He didn't want me with yeah. friends. He didn't want me to talk to my friends. I wasn't allowed to have Snapchat. I, I mean, Girl, I, did when I tell you, so, yes, I was cut off from my family. Um, my dad didn't meet my oldest son. He didn't meet him until three months. He was three months old. He wasn't allowed to be at the hospital when I was in labor. I wasn't allowed to contact any of my family. And if I did, I mean... Oh, hell would break loose. Oh, or yeah. but if I would contact my friends, like I said in the episode, like I had to record, like my, he only let me go to that, my one friend's house and I had to like record where I was at and t- show the entire room. But the only reason why he let me go back around my family was for his benefit because there was money involved or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I was constantly sharing my location. I could never turn mm-hmm. it off. It was just, it was just so crazy. And looking back, I'm like, why? Why would I? Why? Yeah. Why was I like? Yeah, I do that too. I'm like, why was I letting someone control me this much? But honestly, I was so mentally. I think I was just mentally out of it. That's the best way I could explain it. Because they belittle you and make you mm-hmm. think you're nothing so that you're like okay, right nobody else is going to want me so I have to stay with this person because they're like the they're the so only love me. did your abuser like ever with your friends like start fake drama like- oh my god all the time in my family 
Yes, be like, well, your family or your friends said this, but nobody really ever said that. So it's just like, like he's oh. not even contacting them. Yes, so this it's like, where did that come from? Mind. Yes, that's how it happened for me. He would too. make up like, scenarios all this time about stuff that would really happen in real life. It's just mm-hmm. something that he thought up in his head and wanted to argue about or get mad about. And, and then he would be like, oh. <laughs> Then he would make me feel crazy, and I would apologize. Mm-hmm. For, for right. what reason? I mean, well, that's like the thing with the Gabby case right now. Like everybody's like, "Oh, well, th- by this police video, like he said, like how he was saying she was crazy, but it was kind of like who makes someone." I-, I always try to tell people like, if you go back to like mine and my abusers messages yes I was like doing the most like constantly being like oh my god you know like repeatedly messaging him and I seemed crazy but let's talk about what really made me that way it could it would have been easier for me to leave I know but by the time that he had already started mentally and physically abusing me especially when Mm -hmm. it got physical I think I was too scared to leave because he had threatened to kill me Mm -hmm. things like that so you're scared to do anything and right pe- people that haven't been through they don't know how it is like it's one of those things you truly have to go through yeah. to understand it yeah it really makes I wish people would educate themselves on because that's the thing like my abuser would throw in my face like really before I left he'd be like well you stayed all this time who's gonna believe you because why would you stay with someone right. who hits you and I'm like really so it was like a manipulation thing like yeah. why would you stay with why would you stay with me if I put my hands on you like making me feel crazy um by like eight months pregnant or so um here comes this baby's not mine mm-hmm. and um I know you cheated on me while we split up Like, we were split up, but I wasn't with anybody else. Um, Right. I know you were talking to other people. Like, you had a whole girlfriend. Right. We were together. So, at this point, I'm, like, eight months pregnant, and here I am. um, Believing everything he says, and he's still cheating on me. Uh, We go stay the night at my grandparents' house one night because they were worried about me. And he's on my grandmother's laptop, and he leaves his Facebook up. Oh, my Lord. With the Facebook logging in. Stop leaving Facebook up. (laughs) So, my grandmother finds pictures of other women. Mm. Met somebody in my car, another woman. Oh, my gosh. Mind you, I'm eight months pregnant here. hmm Yeah. So, then it just gradually gets worse. He keeps cheating. He makes me think I'm crazy. Um, I can't work. I can't do anything. All I can do pretty much is sit at home and twiddle my thumbs until he gets home because I'm not allowed to leave the house. I shouldn't even go out the front door to check the mail. Um, and... Uh, I'm going to end this, um, on the worst situation, but, um, um, when my daughter was like a month old, this situation haunts me constantly. Mm -hmm. I have nightmares about it. Like I can smell certain scents and it, and it Mm -hmm. takes me back. I don't know if that Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I still, yes, very much. And another thing is I want to domestic violence and physical abuse, sexual abuse rolls into this. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like a month old, mm-hmm. and I don't want to do things with him. Mm-hmm. So he gets up out of the bed. Mm-hmm. I was like, let me fix you some fish so hostile like I don't know what to do besides this so he gets up out of the bed and he slams me up against the wall and just starts choking me choking me choking me choking me so by this time really remember the Mm -hmm. I can't remember the blur because I was literally in the floor holding my daughter unconscious bless her heart like my mom found me Wow. So, um, by this time, he had already done the damage, and he took off running. So, when you say, like, do the damage, like, he had choked you and, like... Um, whenever I went to the hospital that same night, and I ended up having a broken jaw and a broken nose. Bless her heart. So, uh, I'm unconscious, and my mom and my... They really, like, they really saved my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up going to the hospital after that and he, he took off running and, um, the hospital tells me, you know, my jaw's broken, my nose is broken and they do the police report right then and there. They issue warrants for him like morning. Like I didn't even have to press charges because at this point the state has already picked mm-hmm. it up. Yeah, because that's why, um, real quick, Emily, that's why I think the state of Georgia, what they do, and I might be wrong, I'm not sure. So anytime it's a domestic situation, because like, you know, a lot of times domestic violence victims will back out of pressing charges. I mean, I'm I'm guilty of being like, you know, no, I started it. A lot of times domestic Mm -hmm. situations, the person who has been abused will decide they want to back out of pressing charges and feel bad and start to blame themselves. So I think that is one reason why the state of Georgia takes over and comes in. (laughs) I'm so thankful that they do that. Me too. Me too. I, I really am because I feel like there are so many people because I've been in that situation. People on the outside looking in would be like, no, um, why would she not do that? Why wouldn't she press charges? Why wouldn't he press charges? But like, are, until you're in that situation, you really don't understand. So, um, I had went to the hospital and they pressed charges and stuff where he went, mm-hmm. but he apparently went to hide out somewhere because his family had texted me three days later and said, when did he beat you up? The police are at our house to get him. Oh my goodness. He and that was ever do that. Oh, so his family texted you that. Yes. Oh my goodness. No. Like they were just taken up for him and it's just it's just so much. I'm not I don't want to get into um everything, but I will say that um if you're in this situation, you can get out. Oh yeah. It's too late. I know some people are so scared and I wish like I, if I knew now, I mean, if Mm -hmm. I knew then what I know now, I would have left. Right. Right. Well, that's one reason why I wanted to do this podcast because, you know, like, even like you had said on a post where we're from, 
it's not really talked about. I mean, it's not, it's, you know, it's something that people will communicate about, but it's never taught to young women or men. I mean, cause you know, domestic violence can go both ways, but it's really just never something we're talked about. I mean, really to me, I never heard a lot about it growing up, you know, yeah. things like that. I mean, it's not, it's just not something I feel like more people should be bringing awareness to it because it's happening mm-hmm. behind closed doors every day to people we know oh, yeah. that we probably don't think it's happening to. Oh yeah. And like, that's the thing, like my friends, like how we talked about earlier, when you're isolated from your friends, like your friends honestly believe you just hate them and they're mad at them. They don't know. Like if I, if I had a friend, you know, and that was in that, now being a survivor from it, I look at my, if like one of my friends was doing what I did, I'd be like, Hey, are you okay? But back then, if I wasn't knowing, I'd be like, Oh, she's, she's pissed at me. Like, I don't know what I did, but she's pissed at me. I don't want nothing to do with her. So, I mean, really, that's just how I feel. Like the more people that are aware about it and know what signs to look for from your family and friends, cause you might have a family or a friend like that doesn't know, yeah, you know, that's, I or think you have- the, um, mm-hmm. the worst thing for me was no, I felt like they knew about it, but mm-hmm. they knew that they couldn't do anything about it because I was going to take stupid side. Yeah. Well, not only that, but you know how, like, when someone, I've always heard this, when someone's um, in a situation or, like, addicted to something, they're not going to stop doing what they're doing or leave that situation until they're ready to. Like, with me, there was nothing that was going to convince me, nothing you said, and it wasn't even, it was just so much of me just being mentally drained that nothing that you said would have made me leave until I had that final last straw and I think when um like in my in my podcast what I was talking about like on my season was my friend like what she had said to me about you know my child like that honestly, I don't know what it was that was like a clicking point on uh, yeah honestly and you're and like my kid is one of the only reasons mm-hmm. that I'm still alive because right. after that I fell into like a I don't know if you did after you got out but I fell into like a really deep deep depression after mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, and um I feel like I have, still have unsolved trauma from mm-hmm. definitely you, yeah I, definitely even though I've like went to therapy and I actually take medicine for anxiety, but I still feel like, um, you're constantly looking over your shoulder. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like now I have a safe space and a safe person, but mm-hmm. it it's still like, Oh my God. It's still, it's still very traumatizing. I mean, because you've been through a lot, like, you know, one, your brain is blocking off things because it knows it's traumatizing. And then, you know, two, it's not something that's so easy to get over. And I really, like, I hate it that, you know, for me and you in our situation that our children had to be the reason why we got the courage to leave. I really, I mean, I'm thankful for that, but. I I just hate seeing, knowing that there are other people out there that don't know how to leave 
or are scared to because even after you leave I don't know in like your situation how it was but in mine like even after I left it you couldn't physically really I mean like I talked about you know after we had split up I was thrown against the kitchen and everything but even it was still the mental abuse even after it was like riding by my house seeing who's at my house you know I see what you're doing so they say that with domestic violence the most like scary time is after you leave that is really one of the most scary times to someone and I believe it I wholeheartedly believe it girl I'm still scared I was scared to make this podcast (laughs) yeah that's why like I was like so nervous because I was like Mm -hmm. what if somebody hears it or Mm -hmm. at this point I don't care because I I I, I'm not gonna be harmed by that person ever again god willing but um that's how, that's like when, you, I'm not going to lie to you, like, straight up when, you know, I had made that Facebook post and it was just, like, for my friends, like, I was so scared to make this stuff public. I was like, oh, my gosh, somebody is it's going to get into the wrong hands. Like, somebody's going to hear it that doesn't need to hear it. But at this point, I'm just like, you know what, like, wh- why do I need to continue to be afraid of someone based on what they put into my mind? You know? It's just, it's... A, Nobody talks. Everybody, and if you do talk about domestic violence, people talk about domestic violence, and they talk about, and they talk mm-hmm. about, like when they like when they were abused when they were small. But nobody talks about. My thing is nobody talks about the after effects. Like nobody talks about. Mm-hmm. You have con. I have nightmares all the yeah, time. Yeah, girl, me too. Like nobody um... talks about, and nobody talks about how hard it is to get into a good relationship you've been okay. in such a bad one because you have to right. learn all those ways and mm-hmm. you're like how do I let this person love me because I I have never been loved before girl I felt that on so many levels because like even like in my marriage like when we first moved into this house like I was saying the backlight coming on would freak me out I'd be so terrified that someone like little things like that and then like the other night it was storming crazy here it's two o'clock in the morning and I jumped up out of my sleep because I thought somebody was coming in the house and that's just a part like I will jump over loud noises like my friends bless their hearts they they don't pick on me about it but they know like I cope with dark you know humor and stuff Mm so anytime I jump they're like oh good is Hannah's having a PTSD moment, PTSD moment, but like really, I am. <laughs> like, yeah, if like a car backfires, I'm jumping. <laughs> yeah, I don't like, uh, I don't like like loud noises. I don't like like the sound of gunshots or or anything like yeah. that because I just I just can't. I mean, it freaks it me just out. sends me over the edge. It well, honestly, like with PTSD growing up, I didn't realize. PTSD isn't only people who are in the military. See, growing up around here, like, I thought the only people who had PTSD was in the military. Right. So, when my daughter, when I go to talk to my daughter, like, after I, because I had waited until after I had Gunner to see someone about it, or sorry, my second child. (laughs) I had waited until after I had my second child to go to somebody for some help, you know, about it. It was like, um yeah you have PTSD and I just remember being like what I have what <laughs> isn't that scary even... because when they yes. diagnosed you with something like that I got something's really bad wrong with me like <laughs> yes and it's just like okay. oh okay so 
what's that mean? And then, like, literally all the things, like, I joined, like, this YouTube page where, like, this lady would talk about it and things like that. Like, really, honestly, I learned so much because I was in such the small mindset of PTSD just pertains to people who are in war. It's not, but no, people who go through these traumatic situations, whether it be physical abuse, you know, sexual abuse, things like that, definitely have so much trauma. I mean, like, and there's small things, like, I can't watch the news. Oh, the news gives me it, such bad anxiety. It, like, gives me some trigger. Mm-hmm. And, like, watching the news just puts me in a bad place. Right. I can't, I can't watch the news. Like, I don't like to listen to, like, that whole thing like that. That sent me over the edge. Right. That's really when I read, I think we had talked that night too. I think you had messaged me like right after I had saw that her body was found. Like I was literally, Emily, I was crying. Like I just, all I could think about was like I, how that could have been me. And I think about, she was around the same age that I was. I basically put myself in her shoes. Like I know I had messaged you and I was like, holy crap. Like we survived right we, we survive <laughs> but there are so many people out there that don't and it's it's scary and that's really why her not only her but other things is really why I started this podcast because I want people to see like it's very scary but it is so real because I feel like people just think oh it, it's not happening like we think no it happens no, every it happens. single day more it than happens. Right. And it happens here in happy little small towns. Like, and like having a daughter, like, even mm-hmm. I, like, I try, like, I try to teach her, like, it's not okay for, like, mm-hmm. don't let people push you, don't let people yell at you, don't let people talk to you, because I never want her to be in a situation like we were in right no and like I'm the same way like even having boys like I'm like please I swear I always tell my husband I'm like if you if if some girl comes at me and said because I'm like I'm sorry but these boys are gonna get in trouble because and have to deal with me because I want to teach my boys to never you never put your hands on a woman yeah and I don't I don't want to say that people who are abused parents didn't teach them that but in all reality I'm trying to like uh you know I mean I don't (laughs) I I don't even I don't even like to whoop my child I'm going to think like hitting is okay. Yeah. Or that. I don't know. I just. I just it's something that you want. You don't ever want to see your babies go through what you've been through. Yeah. Really. Yeah. That's like one of my worst fears. I'm like, please, Lord, let my, let my boys grow up and be great men to whoever they're with. Let them grow up and not be like that. So I want to kind of to touch on like your life now. So. I, I know you're happy. I see your posts all the time. <laughs> y'all, y'all true loving and uh, it's so cute. I love it. I really do. Uh, and so I want to get into your life now. Like, is, are you good with everything, you know, domestic violence wise, or is there more stories you need to tell or? Um, well, right now I um, ended up moving about two and a half hours away from home. I know, girl. I did not even, when I sent you the time thing, I was like, wait, hold up. She's in another state. Yeah, I live in Alabama. <laughs> so uh, I ended up moving two and a half hours away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with the person that I'm going to marry. Oh. Um, I don't, 
I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I think um, maybe in a in another podcast we could um, touch the topic of sexual abuse. Yeah, from girl. My abuser. Yeah, girl. Um, we'll definitely have to make another episode. I mean, it, it, I didn't know if you had touched on everything you wanted to touch on tonight. I know with me, like when I was making these podcasts, I would have to. That's why there's episodes because I can't yeah, talk I don't about everything. Tell in one... everything in in one story, but right. Um, right now, I'm great. I'm super happy. I have um lots of great things going for me. Um, my daughter is happy. I have an awesome bonus child and I'm just, I'm just great all around, but yeah. And your daughter's probably like so much better off growing up in the environment that she's in versus seeing, she's seeing what true love is. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and that's really an awesome, like, you know, (laughs) that's amazing because she's seeing what true love is and she's not seeing because like I had said what my friend told me and it is so true people that their children that are in like if you're like say you were still in this situation your daughter would be seeing that and thinking it would be okay for someone to hit her or to you know turn around and be that way nobody wants that for their baby we haven't been together since she was maybe just a few days shy of a month but mm-hmm. she's she's five now, and um, even like just coming from a, a single mama, mm-hmm. I mean it's just, it's just incredible. Um, Girl, single mamas are heroes. Oh, I said that in my podcast season. Like single single moms are heroes. Like I know, like we talked about earlier, we when we were growing up or not even growing up, because my parents never really talked bad about single moms, but more so like around town. Like it's for the longest time, it was like. Oh, it was frowned upon. It was like, oh, no, well, you have like, to be married. No, you don't. Like, I think that was just what people believe in because even, like, my grandparents, like, they, you know, they still want you to be married and have babies mm-hmm. or – so I think that, I think that's just something that I'm kind of – I'm glad that we're in a different generation and time now where it's not frowned <laughs> yeah. upon. But. Right, because it's like I don't need to – one, like, you don't need someone to be happy. That's what I'm saying. Like, you need to, like, f- you know, find your happiness within yourself and then be able yeah. to be happy. But you definitely don't, like, being a single mom is, if you're, like, I've heard so many people say they're not leaving abusive situations because they're scared to be a single parent. I'm going to lie. You know, it's hard. It yeah, really but- is hard. <laughs> I found out that I would rather be alone than unhappy than together mm-hmm. and miserable. Right. So not only that, that like the benefits your child gets, like, yes, there's the single mom aspect, but look, she's now like, even before she's not in such a toxic environment. Yeah. So I'm thankful for that. And like I tell, um, my, my girlfriend all the time, I would do it again just to have her. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about my would go through all that again just to have her because she she saved me she has no idea but she mm-hmm. saved my life so I'm very thankful for her and um 
thankful that you let me be on this podcast girl yes and like we're gonna have to do another episode whenever you are ready let me know and we'll do it and um like this was the first episode of season two yay and this is the the first like time I get to talk to somebody and test run it I hope I didn't interrupt you too much I talk too much girl you just have to tell me to shut up you did and I literally (laughs) felt so awkward I was like I hope she talks no I'm just gonna sit here and be like <laughs> so thank you for making it not awkward and as soon as you're ready we will touch base on another one yes girl because I know it's emotionally draining to just talk about it for and we've been on here what 40 minutes it's yeah so draining. I'm like I can't talk about it anymore <laughs> no we're on the happy things and I, I really appreciate you being on here because I hope people listen to this episode see like it's not awkward with me like I'm completely, even on season one, like, I was giggly. Like, that's just how I am. I'm a welcoming person. Yeah, same. <laughs> so, I just giggle because when I get nervous, like, I don't know what else to do. Uh, trust me. Girl, me too. I think that's why we got in trouble so much in high school because we talked and we giggled way too much. <laughs> yeah, that has to be why we got in trouble. Maybe. Right. Well, thank you so much. Yes, Emily. I'm going to, um, I'm excited for you and I'm so happy that you are happy and you are safe. Like that means the world to me and I'm so I know. happy and, that and you're better. It is, um, the feeling is mutual. I feel like it's like the more people I meet that's been in this situation and talk to me, like, I feel like we're building like a sisterhood kind of in a way. It's weird. I know. Like- I was like, I, um, I told my girlfriend, I was like, maybe we should all just like come together like once a month. Yes, like all of I'm us. like, that's what I was telling my coworker today actually is like maybe in our, not so much in our hometown, but like if even like you live in two hours away, maybe we could start like a zoom meeting and we yeah. could all get together because like we've all been through the same things and things that people, not so much people think are crazy, but things yeah. that we've all been through, we can be like, Hey, you know, and not only just focus on domestic violence, but maybe we could all get together and just have fun. Cause that's what life is about. It's having yeah. fun. That means sad. <laughs> yes, right. girl. Well, thank uh, you so much oh you're welcome emily thank you and i hope you have a good night i'm gonna go get some food (laughs) all right bye girl bye